Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And you know, it just it's just such a brief time, uh, a brief section of 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 eternalness, um, and that's not a word, y'all. Yeah. Uh, such a brief on the spectrum of time. We're only here, just a blip on the radar. And so the prayer is that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Lord, teach me to understand just how short my days are so that I may be wise in how to use them. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome, all of our friends and family uh, who are joining us today. Welcome to our online community. I'm so grateful that you have decided to spend today with us. Amen. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit about time. Um, I guess this is so fitting with everything that's kind of going on today. It kind of segues into it. Well, what I'm going to be sharing with you is a little something out of my own struggle. Um, and this has been going on with me for, I guess I kind of noticed it maybe a few weeks back <clears throat> um, when I'm preparing for the day and spending time in the presence of the Lord. One of the things that I pray for, you praying for multiple things, uh, but to be able to accomplish the task that I need to accomplish that day and to not worry about the rest. Uh, because you can have a full to-do list and you can knock off most of them, but then not even be grateful for what you've done for being you know, worried and frustrated about what you didn't do. And so as I'm you know, approaching uh, the day and, and in prayer, um, just kind of communing with the Lord, I'm praying that he would help me to lead uh, with love and with kindness and compassion uh, and that he would help me uh, to accomplish, um, like I said, those things that I need to accomplish. And then even more importantly, that he would help me to speak life. Now, I know we all have our struggles. Uh, my mouth is one of mine. It tends to get ahead of me uh, sometimes, and my facial expressions help it along. And uh, sometimes the things that the two of them come up with are not life-giving. And so I have to pray daily, Lord, help me to speak life. So as I was going about um, my day, uh, I just kind of realized at one point how often I said something along the lines of, I don't have time to do fill in the blank, or if somebody said, did you, then no, I didn't have time. And it started to annoy me, and it also started, I started to hear other people say it a lot. I didn't have time, I don't have time. And I thought, well, okay, that's not speaking life. I want all of my words to speak life. So I'm like, Lord, I, I need help with this. What is going on? And so. In those times, uh, my little Bible study that I was doing, y'all about, about to get a little bit of that. So hopefully it will help you because it's been helping me because I try so hard not to say that phrase anymore. So our first scripture today, we're going to go to Psalm 90, just right next door to the Psalm we've been reading uh, at least once a week for a couple years now. Now how I didn't know it was right next door, I don't know. 
but there it was. Uh, this is a psalm that was written by Moses. Um, and if anybody knows about time and about being productive and about getting things done, I would say Moses did, because how in the world he corralled all those people and kept his sanity for as long as he did. <laughs> Amen. But Psalm 90, we're going to be reading all our scriptures today from the New King James Version. It reads as follows, uh, beginning at verse 10, we're going 10 to 12. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger, for as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I thought when I read that, I'm like, that is such a beautiful prayer. That whole psalm acknowledges, this, acknowledges the massiveness of God, the eternality of God. I mean, he was before time. He will exist after time. But in the middle of that, it also recognizes the frailty of man. We are here, and then we are gone. And as he said, 70 years, 80 years, he lived to be 120. Uh, and it says, you know, that their boast is only labor and sorrow. Don't you hear a lot of people complain, all I do is go to work? I mean, you, you just, when you hear people talk about life, it's like such drudgery. And I had to, you know, catch myself about that kind of thing, because it is, life is such a beautiful gift. And we only have a short period of time. Even if you live to be 120 years, at the end of that time, you will still realize how brief a time that is. And so he says, uh, teach us, he is asking the Lord, teach us to number our days. Lord, open our eyes so that we will see just how brief life is. And help us to be able to account for the time that we have. Because you could sit back and you could be 80, 90 years old and sit back and you try to think about, well, what did I do with that time I had? Because it just kind of goes by, doesn't it? You, you, you get up, you eat, you go to the, you, you do what you gotta do. I was gonna say go to the bathroom, I'm sorry. You just you do what you gotta do. And then the next thing you know, it's time to go, you know, go to bed and you start it over. And you know, it just, it's just such a brief, time, uh, a brief section of, of, of eternalness, um, and that's not a word, y'all, uh, such a brief on the spectrum of time. We're only here, just a blip on the radar. And so the prayer is that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Lord, teach me to understand just how short my days are so that I may be wise in how to use them. Isn't that a beautiful thing to pray, to acknowledge that I'm only going to be here for a short time. Lord, help me to make the most of it. You know, help me to live it to its fullest. Help me to accomplish all that I need to accomplish and not worry about the rest. Because when you look at brief lifespans, Jesus was on this earth for 33 years. A lot of us in this room have already passed that point. And when you think about all that he accomplished in that short period of time, ministry, three years. Some of us have been doing ministry a lot longer than that already. 
you know, uh, but he made the most of the time that he had here on this earth because he knew what his purpose was and he set about doing that thing. He didn't have a life full of filler. Some of us, sometimes we just have, our days are just full of, fi of filler. They don't, they don't, it doesn't mean anything, it doesn't accomplish anything other than using up our time. So we don't want to keep living like that. We want to stop wasting this precious gift uh, that God has given us. And you know, it made me think when I was reading this too, when I was thinking about Moses and thinking about the setting that he was in, he definitely had a picture of just how brief life could be. Having gone in and helped to have all of those people delivered from bondage, doing what he was called to do, and then witnessing them die because of their sin, because of their rebellion, um, because of their disobedience. Can you imagine? I have just over these past couple of years as we've been dealing with this pandemic, the first year you hear about all these people dying, but then as we come up on the second year, it started to be people that I knew. And I'm like, I can't. It was like every week there was someone else dying, someone else. And some of them were because of uh, disease and some just you know, random acts of violence and some just mystery. You go in and they, they don't know why they died. And it was so many people that there were days when it became a little overwhelming for me emotionally because I'm like, oh, we just we can't keep losing people like this. How are we losing? Can you imagine? In the 38, 40 years of Moses being in the wilderness, that whole generation had to die. Can you imagine what he's going through to experience? These are the people you had to go in. He may not have known each of them by name, but he knew them. These were his people. And he's gone in and you've spent time with him and you've built relationships with them. And that's the thing about death is sometimes you don't know how big of a spot somebody held in your life until when you look and they're no longer there. Amen. And you're like, well, we'll get, oh, well, we can't get so-and-so to do it. He's not with us anymore. And so with all of that context, he prays this prayer. He said, help us, teach us to number our days, to recognize how brief our lifespan is. And then, Father, give us wisdom. Amen. Give us wisdom that we, you know, we will gain the heart of wisdom, that we will make the right choices. Because that's what wisdom is. It helps us to make the right choices. You may know what to do. But it takes wisdom to be able to do what needs to be done, to understand and to interpret the situation and know how to act. We can choose to live our lives a, few, a couple of different ways. We're going to turn to Ephesians. In Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, this is one path that we can choose. And it says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Now, that is that just speaks to me. Be imitators of God as dear children, because we know that pretty much everything that children know how to do, except breathe, they learned how to do from watching those around. Even something simple like putting food in their mouths. 
We had to teach them. They looked at us and they learned and they imitated what we did. Even playing peekaboo. We, we did that with them and they imitated. And, and this tells us that we should be like children and look to God and be an imitator of him. That we will know how to live, how to talk, how to walk, how to, how to respond to others the way he did. We can imitate him and we can be like that. And if we do, then we walk in love as Christ also loved us. That is such a huge thing to be able to do. You know, we can say I'm going to walk in love, but the kind of sacrificial love that Jesus had for people, you know, those people that uh, tormented him, those people that ridiculed him, those people that uh, mocked him, those people that ultimately hung him on the cross. The kind of love that forgives them, Lord, don't hold it to their charge. I'm willing to make this sacrifice so that their lives will be better. We're supposed to walk in that kind of love. I don't know about y'all, but I don't always do that. You know, when people come at you a certain way, you go back at them a certain way, and it is not a way showing the love of God. So that is something that I have to pray for. Lord, help me to imitate you. And the only way we can imitate him is if we're doing what? Looking at him, observing how he behaves in a situation. And then, Lord, give me the wisdom to be able to do that. And Ephesians 5, we're going to skip down, verses 8, and 8 through 10 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Uh, in our Bible studies, Pastor Stroud was saying, as we are children of the light. So we don't have to walk in those old ways that we would have walked in because we are new creatures. It may seem like I can't do better or you can't do better, but we can because we, have, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We don't have to behave the way this flesh sometimes wants to behave. We can help it, even though we're like, I can't help it, that's just who I am. And that may be who you used to be, but that should not still be who you are. We are children of light and we can walk in the light and we need to find out what is acceptable to the Lord. What is okay with you, Lord? How should I be using my time? How should I be living this life? What is it that you want me to do? That's sometimes a step that we skip. You know, when we're, when we're raising our children, when we are children, we're coming up, what do people ask you? What do you want to be when you grow up? And you start thinking about, oh, well, I would like to do this and I would like to do that. But instead, what if our question to those kids was, what do you believe God is calling you to be when you grow up? What do you believe your purpose on this life is to be when you grow up? That generates a different level of thinking. It's not just what I'm good at or what I like to do, but this is why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Let's skip on down a little bit more uh, 
still in chapter 5 of Ephesians, verses 15 through 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, back in verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly. That, I just love that word. Now, there are some words that just speak to you, right? And circumspect, I mean, because people just don't walk up and say that, you know, first of all. And so the word is telling us to see that you walk circumspectly. Now, what I want you to picture, circum is a prefix, meaning uh, to go around. You remember in your uh, high school geometry class, you had to do the circumference of a circle. You had measured around. So when we are to be walking circumspectly, uh, we're going to walk cautiously. You're going to kind of walk around the, uh, the, the issue at hand that's going on, and you're going to look at it from all sides, and you're going to inspect it, and you're going to be, because remember, you're, we are imitating uh, the Lord, and you're going to look at it, and you remember that old thing everybody used to talk about with the bracelets, what would Jesus do? Well, that's exactly the thought pattern you're going to have as you're walking circumspectly, as you're going around this situation and looking at it from all angles, you're going to be asking yourself, what would Jesus do here? Because I'm imitating him. So I don't need to know what Samiko would do. I already know what she would do. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's not a good thing. So I don't need to see what should I do in this situation, which is typically what we say, what should I do in this situation? Or we go and ask everybody else, what would you do in this situation? Um, but what we're supposed to be doing as imitators of God is asking him, Lord, what would you do? in this situation, as I am cautiously looking at it uh, from every angle, because we don't want to be, and then you just got to love when the Bible just comes right out and say, don't be a fool. I mean, you know, you, you, that just, uh, doesn't that sum it up? Because we all know what a fool looks like and behaves like. And sometimes they're in the mirror looking at us and you're like, you have played the role of a fool. And you just, and we don't want to do that. And so we don't want to be as fools, but we want to be wise. Don't you want to be wise in everything that you do uh, in your decision making? You want to be wise. Uh, you want people to come to you because they see your wisdom, right? And then we can point them to the Lord. That's where I get my wisdom from because the scriptures tell us that if we lack wisdom, we can ask him and he will give it liberally. Isn't that awesome? Liberally, and he won't even chastise you. He won't even, I love the book of James too, by the way. He won't even be like, I've already gone over this with you. Because sometimes people will be like, I've already told you time and time again, this is what you do in this situation. But he doesn't do that. Anytime we come to him asking for wisdom, he will graciously and gladly give it to us in abundance. With no judgment, no chastisement, just here. This is what you need to do. So we don't have to wonder. I mean, how much of my time, I can't even think, how much of my time have I spent wondering what I should do in a situation and asking everybody but God? And he's just like, I, I could tell you. You know, you, and frankly, at this point, you don't even have to ask. You just got to shut up and heat. But you're just running around, you know, and trying to find out what would you do, what would you do, seeking all these sources. But we need to walk circumspectly, not as fools, uh, but as wise, redeeming the time, making the most of it. 
Now, of course, I used to coupon, so every time I hear the word redeem, I'm thinking, coupon it. Uh, well, I turn it in, and I get something else, and I didn't have to pay, or I only paid a little bit um, for that. And then the person who accepts the coupon gets the redeem it, not just for the money they saved me, but the manufacturer throws a little extra on top for their time. So we are redeeming the time, making the most of this time. The Lord can maximize our time where you can get so much more done in such a short period of time. Again, think about what Jesus accomplished in three years of ministry. That was some redeeming the time. He got his 24 hours a day and a little extra because he was able to do more in that 24 hours a day. Now, I have had, if you had experiences where I've had some days where at the end of the day, I'm like, I cannot believe I was able to get all that done. I'm like, wow, that blew my mind. And then I've had some days where I'm like, dude, all you pretty much did was get dressed. Where did the rest of the day go? You accomplished nothing. And let's hope we don't have a lot of those days. But they do, and I couldn't even put down in the, well, I rested and rejuvenated column. Cause I didn't, I ran around in circles, starting multiple tasks and finishing none of them. So we wanna redeem the time. We wanna make the most of it because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. All we know is that we have right now. And we need to do what it is we're supposed to be doing uh, with the time that we have right now. We need to live our lives on purpose so we can live, like it says in Ephesians 5, being imitators of God. Or we can live like it says in Luke chapter 12. And this is a parable. And I've shared this parable before when we were talking about um, living clutter free lives. But that's a whole other topic. We won't start on that today. Um, but we're talking about the par- it, it is highlighted in my Bible, the parable of the rich fool. Now, rich does not take the sting out of the fact that he's a fool, does it? So you don't want to be chasing around stuff and still at the end of your days just be known as the rich fool or the anything fool. Do you? No, you want to be wise. All right. So beginning at verse 13. It says, then one from the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Now, that's not even the lesson we're getting to. You got to love the Lord because you get these combo deals. This is the lesson before the lesson where he says, beware of greed. Your life is not measured by how much you own. Now, that will preach entirely. And as we are going into the holiday season, please remind yourself that your life is not measured by how much you own. Just because it's on sale doesn't mean you have to buy it. Just because it is a once in a lifetime Black Friday deal doesn't mean that you have to own it, okay? Just because it is the latest version of it If your older version still serves you well, you don't, in fact, have to upgrade. (laughs) And we will leave it at that. 
Let's skip down to verse 16. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then, though, then who, whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. We were not put on this earth to just amass a bunch of things. Now, the fact that he, his land produced plentifully, that's a good thing. That's an awesome thing. We want abundance. I pray for abundance in my life. I put that on my tithing offering envelope every week. Debt, freedom, abundant living, divine and excellent health. Every week on my envelope. So that is a good thing. Abundance is good. But why is abundance good? So that you can go out and rent yet another, another storage building to put it in so you can tear down your barns and build bigger. That you can ask your soul, soul, you have many goods. What we should have been saying was, God, I'm, an, I'm imitating him, right? Father, you have blessed me with an abundance. What do you want me to do with it? Where do I need to, to take it? Who do I need to share it with? He didn't just give it to me because it's an abundance, which means my need is met and this is extra. I got the potatoes. This is the gravy. What do I need to do with it? But it seems as though it never occurred to this man that perhaps this abundance was for a purpose. When God gives you plenty, it is for a reason. And it's not just to consume it upon yourself. Now, some of it he will say, this is for later because he gives us bread to eat, seeds to sow. He gives you some for now. He may have you put some for later. But rest assured, there's going to be a portion of it that has to go away from you to someone else. And if you don't ask him where it needs to go, you're going to miss it. And you're going to be like this man who thinks, now I can take it easy. I've got more than enough. Um, I can just rest and be concerned about me. But what he didn't realize was that his time was up. He didn't need the abundance. Wasn't going to do him any good. And he had not put aside anything spiritually for his uh, spiritual well-being past that moment, he had only done everything he could to take care of his, himself in this earth. Now, we may only have 70, 80, 90, 120. You'll make the news if you get to 120. <laughs> we may only have that much time on this earth and these bodies die, but you don't die. You still have an eternity in heaven. 
So you got to kind of do double time. We got to work to provide for this life, for this body here, but we also have to be putting things in store for there. And if you neglect the one, well, once you get there, it's too late. So you got to make sure that you're taking care of things on both fronts. It's almost like, and, and I was sharing with Pastor Stroud the, last night this example. We were talking about something else, but the example was fitting. If you as parents have ever had a child that was going to go to college, their senior year in high school gets a bit tricky because you got to kind of live with a foot in, both, in two worlds. Your pocketbook is over here being emptied out by the high school for all of their, for all of their senior things, their senior dues, the prom, the blah, 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 the senior pictures, the whatever, all of these senior activities. You got to pay all this. Well, then the college that you've chosen to about midway in the year starts knocking on your door and say, we would love to have your child. They are absolutely brilliant. We want to welcome them into our community. It's going to cost you. You got application fees. You got dorm fees. You got all of this reserve their spot fees and then all of whatever going on and coming on that you have to start paying over there. So for that brief period of time, your wallet has to be divided between both places. We're on this earth, we have to divide our wallets between our treasures between two places. We're having things here for this life that we're living on this earth because God wants us to be happy and fulfilled. Isn't that awesome? He doesn't have to allow us to be fulfilled to do what his will is for us, but he cares enough about us that he wants us to live fulfilling lives here on this earth. But we also have to lay treasure in heaven for our spiritual existence for when we're done down here. So you have to make sure you don't neglect, and usually when it comes to neglecting one of, of the other, uh, we rarely neglect ourselves down here for the benefit of the treasures we lay in heaven. Not an issue. But what we may do is to get so consumed with, I want to live, you know, and then have everything and do everything down here that we forget that down here, when this ends, that that is not in fact the end. And how do we lay up those treasures in heaven? Well, Pastor Stroud's been telling us for weeks um, as he's saying we should do what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So that's what our plan should be is we're seeking the face of God first and then all of these things, and you saw in the verse before that, all of those things are what? A place to, what to eat, a place to sleep, all these things that Gentiles seek. That, all of that stuff is going to be added to it. Isn't that awesome? So you don't even have to try to take a second job while you're trying to pay high school and college at the same time. We just have to focus on the kingdom of God and he will give us the stuff. That, we, that is just an awesome setup. Give us what we need to be able to survive down here. We just have to make sure we keep our focus correct that we are focused on him, that we're focused on the kingdom of God. And, and we do that when we are walking circumspectly and we are striving to imitate God. Um, he lets us know what our purpose is on this earth and then he empowers us to be able to carry out that purpose. We have, each of us, 
only 24 hours in a day. That comes out to be 1,440 minutes. That's not a lot at all. And we, don't, we want to make sure we don't waste it, right? We don't want to waste it by filling them up with guilt and regret over mistakes made. I mean, you made a mistake. Everybody does it. We all make them. So all you can do is repent. Repent to the Lord because I sinned against you, God. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Help me to, to do another, to turn another way. You repent to yourself because a lot of people are like, you, you don't want to forgive yourself, but you have to forgive yourself. You made a mistake. You, you looked at something. You judged it wrong. You, you did something you shouldn't have done. You said something you shouldn't have done. Either way, it's done. One of, a line from one of these songs that I really like says that you can't rewind a moment of this life. So once it's done, there's no point in dwelling on it and feeling guilty about it. It's done. It's, it's done. Uh, you repent, you apologize to the people that you hurt. But at this point, what you should be doing now, instead of feeling guilty about it, instead of regretting uh, what you've done, it's damage control time. And again, we seek God for wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom in how to make this situation better. And how not to do it again when I come to a fork in the road and I have a choice to go right or go left. Help me to remember these actions and those consequences so I won't make this mistake again. I may make another mistake, but I don't want to keep making this one. And so he will again, like we said, he will gladly give you an abundance of wisdom to know what we can do uh, not to make those mistakes again. There's no point in wasting any of your 1,440 minutes uh, being anxious over what the future holds because that's not going to do you any good. Now we plan I am a planner. I do like to plan. Proverbs 16 and 9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So I have my plan. And every day, I still acknowledge the Lord. Help me to accomplish what it is you want me to accomplish today and not worry about the rest. But I still plan my days. You need to plan your days. Be mindful of your time. And if you are not, in fact, on the way, don't tell people you're on the way. <laughs> Personal pet peeve. You are not on the way if you are still in the house. You are not late because you got stuck in traffic when you, in fact, didn't leave home at enough time to begin with. Okay, so we want to be better uh, than that. We want to be people of our word. Uh, it takes more than 30 minutes to get from here to Atlanta. So allow for that. The other thing, Atlanta is known as having the worst traffic in the world, I believe. So again, plan for that. Traffic is no excuse. When you have to go through Atlanta, you just might as well add an hour to your commute, just in case. And if you get there early, then you have time to rest, relax, commune with the Lord, you know, get acclimated to where you are and look at where you're supposed to be. Don't spend your life running in at the last minute or having this philosophy. I didn't get there on time, but I got there in time. I mean, I just don't even. I don't. I, I can't even. But anyway, so um, don't be anxious over the future. Plan 
and then seek God and let him um, show us the way to go. Don't waste your 1,440 minutes uh, holding unforgiveness toward people. If somebody has wronged you, they have wronged you. You're wrong, your hurt is very valid. I'm not saying it's not. It is. But you need to let that offense go so you can start to heal. Else that wound will always be open, always be tender and prone to infection. And you don't want that to happen. If you had a physical gash on your leg and after a week there were no signs of healing, how many of you would be like, well, it's still bleeding, but that's all right. I'll just work around it. You wouldn't even think about doing that. Two weeks in, a month in, it's looking a little black around the edges and all pussy, but I'll just wear a dress so it don't touch it down there. No, you would go and find out what is wrong with me. I need some healing and help with this. Same thing when we are injured emotionally. It is a gash in your emotions. It needs to be dealt with. The first step toward healing is, Lord, help me to let this go. I release them from this debt. They owe me nothing. Uh, if they never apologize, whatever, it has nothing to do with them. Lord, I need you to help me heal because I don't want to walk around with a gaping wound uh, bleeding on everybody else in my life because that is what we will do. Take it out on everybody else in your life. You don't have time for that. So we don't want to waste our, our time. You don't want to waste your minutes being angry and fearful and pursuing and covering up sin uh, because, you know, we never just fall into, you know, people be like, oh, I feel fell or whatever. No, usually when there's sin in our lives, the thought comes, the enemy plants the thought, but you, you got to do a little work. You spend a little time, you think that thing over, you get your plan together. So you may not be conscious of it at first, but it take, sin takes some planning. You may not want to plan the rest of your day, but you plan your sin. Because you got to do it so nobody knows that you're doing you. Oh, you got your cover-up ready. You got, you got your law ready for when somebody asks you, well, what were you doing over there? Well, see, what, what had happened was I was... Um, so it takes some planning. So instead of using your 1,440 minutes to plan your sin and the subsequent cover-up, when the enemy comes to you with stuff, just stop him right there. He'd be like, no, I'm imitating Jesus. I'm looking at this. I done walked around this here, this offer that you've given me. That ain't like him. He wouldn't do that. So I'm not going to do that. And if you have to bring it to the light, that's what Pastor I said, bring it to the light. Tell somebody. Like, hey, Elder Ware, this is the Lord was, I mean, I, I got to tell you because I had this thought that I needed to go here and do that. I don't think that's right. So I'm, I need you to know. So if you see me driving that way, blow the horn so that I know that somebody saw me and then they're accountable. I'm accountable to them because they'd be like, you hanging around the water cooler a little bit too long talking to that dude. Uh, you married, honey. I just want you to know that maybe whatever that conversation is, you need to go home and have it with your husband. 
And if you can only open up at the water cooler, you may need to get your water cooler at home. <laughs> but you can't keep hanging around because that's going to lead to something. And they may get offended with you and they may go on and on, but that's all right. I'm, I'm still love you. And if I'm going toward the end of the road and there's a cliff, I'm going to need y'all to grab a hold of me. And if I get upset with you, it'll be all right. Don't let me die in that. You know, warn me, stop me, do something. We don't want to, because you don't want to waste the time that you have having to backpedal and having to get it right. And then you got to stand up before everybody and confess, and I'm sorry. And then you got to try to mend it with them, and then your trust is broken uh, with people, and then it affects uh, your, your witness. It affects your testimony. We're supposed to be advancing the kingdom of God. Your life is a billboard for Jesus Christ. When you say that you're a Christian, everybody around you all of a sudden becomes inspectors. Let me see. I've been thinking about this Jesus thing. Let me see how you live it out. Some of them have no intention, but they just want to see you fail. Don't give them the satisfaction. Don't let Satan use you to be a hindrance to someone else. Because that's all he wants to. He don't even really care about you. It's not even because if you don't do the thing, he'll get somebody else to do the thing. So he ain't even really concerned about whether or not you are happy or what you're doing feels good to you. He just wants to use you because of who you are so that you can be a stumbling block to someone else. Don't let him. Make him work harder than that. Not me. You got to go find somebody else because I'm not falling for it. Instead, why don't we use our just 1,440 minutes? It does not seem like much, is it? And the older I get, the faster those minutes seem to go. Five minutes used to mean something. It really doesn't now. If you can't do it, don't be like, give me five minutes. I, I don't even tell people that anymore. I'm like, give me a half hour. And I'll wrap this up that I'm working on, and then I'll be over there. Or you just immediately stop and go and see what they want. Because five minutes, now you're just lying. It ain't going to take you. You know it's going to be more than five minutes. So let's use that time to spend time each day with God. To spend time in fellowship and in communion with him. And I'm not saying just get up and have your morning devotion. That is excellent. We should do that. But I, I want to challenge you to fellowship with God throughout the day. You know, like sometimes you're doing stuff and you're talking to yourself. We can be going through and have, have conversations with the Lord throughout the day. You know, because we're imitating him. And so ask as you're going about and somebody says something, you're like, Lord, how should I handle this? What should I do? Or, you know, have a worship song playing in your head. Sometimes I'll get up and you put a particular song on and then you can hear it all day. Because if you don't have that playing in your head, you're going to have something else playing in your head. We usually, there's a, you know, just a, the background track to your day. Let that be something that's glorifying the Lord. Spend your entire day trying to stay in his presence honoring him, worshiping him. Maybe have a scripture that you just put on repeat in your mind and just let it keep going and going and going and see how many things in your life will relate to that scripture. But spend that time um, in the presence of the Lord because that, that makes our spirit whole. 
You want your spirit to be whole, our spirit to be anchored. When our spirit is anchored, we're not so easily tossed back and forth uh, with things. Things don't ha have a tendency not to throw you off balance when somebody comes uh, at you. And a lot of the, a good portion of my job is working with the public. The public can come to you with some strange, just out of the way kind of things. One lady came to me Tuesday and now, I hadn't seen her in a week. I didn't have a really long conversation with her the week before, but she came in and picked up, it was a flyer about utility assistance. Now, I wasn't providing a utility assistant. I'm paying my bills and that is all. <laughs> but it was a, a thing about utility assistance. I had as a courtesy on the counter, paper had all the information in it, had down there what counties you could live in, all of that. She came in, picked it up, and said, this don't serve my county, I won't name her county, this don't serve my county, and I'm thinking, yeah, I know that. And you told me it did. I'm like, what? You told me it did, it did. I said, ma'am, I didn't say anything like that. I didn't even discuss that flyer with you. Our conversation the previous week had been something entirely different. I said, ma'am, I didn't even discuss it with you. I, well, it don't serve Carroll County, and yes, you did. So I said, no, ma'am. And then in my mind, I'm like, okay, Jesus. There ain't no point in continuing this conversation. I already know she a little bit unstable. I know what I said. You know what I said. So I just finished with her, with her transaction, and she continued waving the flyer. And I hand her her ID card back, and I said, please step over to station four. And I looked at the person at station two and said, next, please. Because I thought, this ain't going anywhere. And one of the other ladies said, she said, I went home and told my husband, I need to be around you. Because a lot of times, I'm thinking all the stuff I would have said. She said, you don't even say anything to those people when they talk. You just don't. And I'm thinking, I said, you're right, in my mind, I'm praying, and I'm like, Lord, put a watch about my tongue. So it's easier for me to just say nothing because I know what Samiko wants to say. That ain't going to help anybody because it's just going to escalate the situation. So I'm just like ignoring people. Half the time, like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Uh-huh, I have a good day. You have a good day. Here's your stuff. Please step over. What was that? Okay, yes, fill out the prayer request. We got you covered. Step on over to station four. Because why? Get yourself in that. But it takes me being over there praying, and sometimes I have my worship music on because it can get challenging because people, oh my goodness, I'm y'all just be glad I'm not God because after the whole flood, it wouldn't have been coming back. It wouldn't have been no more of this with your mouths and stuff that you got going on. And I'm thinking I done worked. I don't remember the last day I had a day off, 10 and 12 hour days to get this stuff for you. And you gonna come over here and tell me it didn't work and you didn't put batteries in it. And why didn't I give you batteries to put in it? Jesus, what would you do, Lord? Keep your mouth shut. Like, okay, ma'am, that's right. Just put, and you got other people going, what is wrong? I don't know. I don't know but let's just keep it moving. Amen.
So we're going to spend some time with the Lord. The second thing, second area that we're going to work on is we're going to spend time with our family and friends. We need to spend time loving on them, uh, just being with them, nurturing those relationships, um, sharing time with them, because that helps to make our soul whole. When we spend time with our loved ones, and you don't even have to do a lot. You can go places if traveling is your thing and you go to places with them, but sometimes just being in the room with them. I know when my whole family is together, you can almost like <sighs> a little exhale. I don't know what else is going on in the world, but I got all mine right here. I can see them and we're all safe. That helps to nurture your soul, make your soul at peace and at rest. So that is a valuable way to spend your time. Spend it with family, with friends. You don't have to wait for the holidays. You can just spend time together. You don't always have to work. You really don't. And that's coming from somebody who has workaholic tendencies. I acknowledge my shortcomings. I work, I remember my low point, and I'll share it with y'all, was one year when we had a full-on, not the full-on blizzard of 93, but another just day of snow and ice, and the, my kids were younger, and we didn't have, they didn't have school, and so everything, you know how Georgia is, the whole state was shut down. I probably should have stayed home and you know, did marshmallows and hot chocolate with my young ones. They were old enough to be home by themselves, but still. But I thought, my first thought was, there's not gonna be anybody else out. I can get a whole lot of work done. I live within walking distance to my job. So I made sure the kids were taken care of, built a little fort for them in the living room. They're missing school and they got their snacks and Television was on and working, and I suited up. Uh, I'm gonna have to tell my husband too, because I didn't do this by myself. <laughs> we both got an issue, we've been working on it. Lord, he's faithful, he's delivered. So we suited up, full on stuff, you know, double socks, boots, and plastic around your shoes so they don't get wet, little something to hold on to, and we walked to work. And we were just so happy because the phones weren't ringing, nobody was dropping in, and we put in a full, probably 10 hour day of working and suited back up and went back home and did it again the next day. And it was glorious. But whatever we accomplished that day, could it have waited? Sure, could have. Was it as important as rolling around on the floor and playing with the kids? And we still did it that night when we got home. Who knows, they may not have been able to take more than a couple of hours of us. They were happy. Um, they call, I still have the voicemail uh, from that day when they called just to check in, on, uh, to check in on us, the grown-ups, to make sure we were okay. I don't know why it went to voicemail. I'm sure I didn't ignore my children's call, but that's something else entirely <laughs> altogether. But spending time with family and friends, that makes our soul whole. It nurtures us. The third area that we should be spending our 1,440 minutes is self-care. You know, you got to sleep. 
You got to eat. You got to rest. And that's not always sleeping. Sometimes just sitting, sit and just exist. Just be. Let your mind rest. Let your body rest. Just be there. Uh, spa day, if you will. So lovely. They, those are on sale, you know, for Black Friday. So if you got to buy something, buy somebody an experience. Um, you know, some intellectual pursuits, read something, um, recreation, doing something fun, uh, exercise. <sighs> Lord, help me. But when we do those things, practice that self-care, that helps to make these bodies whole. We want to keep them healthy because that's the vehicle you got for on this earth. Just like your car, for those of you who own a car, there's some things you have to do. Even a brand new car, there's some regular routine maintenance you have to do. Else it tears up, it doesn't run right. Same thing with this body. There's some regular routine care, some appointments. Uh, you have to keep some doctor's office checkups that are not that lovely but are necessary. You got to let them check under the hood to make sure everything is operating as it should before it lets you down on the side of the road. Amen. So we need to practice self-care. And the fourth area is time for work. Uh, yes, there is a time for work, but not just any work. We want to be like Adam in this sense, and that God created a garden for him, a specific place, his purpose, placed him in that garden and told him to tend it and keep it. There is a purpose for which you were created. There is a garden that each and every one of us is supposed to be in, tending and keeping. If you're not in your garden, guess what? It's full of weeds. And it's not blessing anybody. It's being overrun because nature will just overtake it. And there's not going to be anybody else that can tend your garden the way you need to tend it, the way you've been called to. So if you're in your neighbor's garden because it looked like their garden was fun and you're helping them, that may be great. They probably appreciate the help. But you can't do that and neglect your own. There is a purpose for which you've been placed here on this earth. And you need to make sure that you're operating in that purpose. There are some things that you may be able to do. Just because you are capable doesn't mean that that's what you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes, you know, I would tell people that's almost like the curse of being uh, talented, multiple talents, because you've got all of these things that you can do, but it doesn't mean that those are the things you should be doing. And so when we're spending time with the Lord uh, and we're in his presence, he's telling us what our purpose is. He's telling us where we should be and what we should be doing. Uh, it's going to be something, you know, hint, hint, it's going to be something that advances the kingdom of God. So if what you're doing every day is tearing other people down, you're in the wrong garden. That is not your garden. Uh, so we need to spend time finding out where we're supposed to be. What we're supposed to be doing. And working 24 hours a day. 10 hours on a snow day because you can walk to work. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. 
you know, giving your life to punching a time clock instead of enjoying all of these other three areas. If your fourth area makes you sacrifice everything from the other three areas, it's time to reevaluate because we got to have balance. We have to be able to spend that 1,440 minutes in all three areas. So now the next time I know when I hear myself get ready to say, I don't have time, or I didn't have time, or I won't have time, I have to stop and think, I did have it. What did I use it on? Because God doesn't give you a calling and not give you the resources to do the calling. So he's put me here for a reason, and if I don't get what he wants done, done, that's time that's wasted. We don't have enough of it to waste. So whenever you feel like you just don't have enough time, stop and think and ask yourself, what did I do with the time that I had? Amen. I'm done. Thank you so much. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.